You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunzlau with Cindy Jennings, and this is Straight Talk. This is your opportunity to ask questions. Our screen is not looking like it's up. Maybe the people back in Fargo can set up our screen that we can get our questions going. But this is your opportunity to call in on the show to uh, have any type of question that you might have, or you can do it through Facebook. But the number to call is 877-795-0122, and that is for the uh any, anything that you want to talk about in the world, you can have a uh, call in about our last guest. You can have a call in about what's going on in the world, something theological, something you heard at church, something you heard on TV or the radio, anything like that. If you ever had the opportunity or wanted the opportunity to talk to a priest about anything that is going on in the world, this is your chance. 877-795-0122. Cindy, what did you think of our last guest? It was fun. It was it nice was to have fun. something so and, fun, because sometimes those, it seems so serious all the time. It's one of those things where you wish that uh, this was not just radio, but TV, because John is kind of a character, and he was, like we said, he's in a big panda <laughs> outfit, and he's got all sorts of things around oh. here, and he's he left and us a so bunch good. of Jolly Ranchers. And I so, took lots of pictures, so maybe they'll oh, post them. Yeah, maybe we can and send them to the And people can radio. see what yeah. we see. Yeah, and so he was a very creative guy, obviously, um, uh, if you can, you'll get a chance to... I don't know. I should have asked him if there was something on the uh, internet where you could see his stuff. But anyhow, maybe not. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, we are looking for questions from you, the listener. And again, the number is 877-795-0122. And like clockwork, and I always say this, I even even when I say this, it's like clockwork, is that our callers don't come till the lion's share of the callers come in towards the end of the segment, which is kind of silly. But we got um, a good half hour here to... Uh, to answer your questions, and not that I've got all the answers, but I'll give you my opinion. So it should probably be maybe Father's Opinion half hour instead of just answers, although there are, of course, um, uh, objective answers to the theological questions that people might ask. So it's 877-795-0122 or on our Facebook page at Real Presence Radio. Nice. Cindy, is there anything... Uh, uh, is there anything... Um, insignificant that you want to talk about? Any questions that you have of a priest? I don't. Oh, I just, okay. I have easy access to priests, no, so I'm true. asking all the time. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but yeah. you're going on vacation, which is nice. I am. I, so a long overdue, I'll say that. Yeah. I haven't been out I for a long time. I used, to Rome, to go, I used to go to Rome all the time. In fact, I should have been in Rome today. I know. And so, I feel so uh, bad for you. The whole COVID thing has caused a lot of grief. I think three or four of my trips to Rome have been canceled now. I was on three of those. You were on three of them. Yeah, Before yeah, I got I kicked off. Yeah. Well, you won't get kicked off permanently. That's up to you, of course, mm-hmm. depending on the world circumstances. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, uh, yep, and so I'm going to be gone for for just only six days, but it'll be a much-needed break. So, anyhow, no, uh, this is boring conversation right now, so you call in with a better uh, conversation. You direct the show at this time, you as the listeners. And, again, the, the uh, number is 877 Seven nine five zero one two two. So um, the Herberts, who was John was our last guest, had so much stuff here for the radio program that he's still cleaning up. And so, just a reminder that this was radio, John, and not TV. After you, oh, cleaning up after me. All right. <laughs> I'm glad he's off the air now. So, so eight seven 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 nine five. 
888-900-0122. We are waiting for the first courageous caller, the first courageous question. Come on, people. Let's have a little fortitude out there in Real Presence Radio Land and come up with a question. Otherwise, you're going to sit here and have me and Cindy blab off about things that are of uh, less significance. Yep. You know, Unless, go, oh, go. Oh, actually, Mary, John's uh, oh, wife, good. has a question. So uh, I know this is normally gets screened by the callers, but... Uh, by the uh, studio, but I will screen this question. So, Mary, you can go ahead and ask the question. You can ask me. Um, this would, I've she's, a, she's asking me now, those of you on Radio Land. Um, read a lot about like, Native American culture. Yep, Native American, Native American, Native American culture. American history um, through their eyes. And I've always been wondering, like, when they would, um, several times they would have visions, like their priests. Okay, sure, and, sure. Like, yep. Um, what they should do, and sometimes the answer to those visions were very um, in line with my faith. Okay, and sure. Sometimes it was bizarre. And I'm just like, what's going so on? yeah, so Mary's asking oh, the question about question. like um, it's a good question, and it's probably because a lot of our listeners are in areas where there's a lot of native population, especially in the Dakotas. And so the question that Mary had asked, uh, John's wife, was that that um, uh, you hear of history about how the native uh, people uh, in times past, in particular would have, like their high priest in particular, would have like visions about things. And how does that, sometimes those visions seem to really be applicable. Right you know, on. And, and right on. Other and times. other times they might be bizarre. Mm-hmm. And so we would say the same thing in regard, so God works through every, you know, religion. All religions, God works through that. And so I would never say that in native spirituality that God in some way or another is not working in that because God is not limited by a particular religion. You know, God works in everything. Uh, but we, so we would say in a similar way, it's like where we could even look at it from a Catholic perspective is that a lot of people that claim to have visions in Catholicism, it's like, eh, you know, I mean, that's not normally the way God works. And so I would say 99.999% of the people that claim to have like visions of Mary or a saint or Jesus, that there's more of an imagination thing you know, going on. And that would certainly be applicable to any type of religion that would have that. Our imagination is super powerful. And so that's not the normative way of God's communicating with us. And so I would say in the case of the natives, a lot of it would be the same in regards to imagination. And sometimes, uh, can God work through that? Yes, he can. And if it, it jives with our religion, that's great. But if not, you know, I mean, we don't put a lot of focus on that as Catholics per se. So, all right, all right. Thank you, Mary. We do have somebody on the phone, and it's in green. Oh, oh now it's oh. off green. So, so that's that's live radio for you. So, um, uh, yeah. So that's a good. You know, I mean, we do have a lot of listeners that are in the, that are maybe natives that are listening, but then also certain in the area, certainly right here in Duluth as well. Mm-hmm. So it looks like we finally do have our caller on, not on the phone. So it's Naomi. You want to ask? Yeah, that question? calling from Dicker. Dickinson. Dickinson, and it's with regards to indulgences, what does it mean to have complete detachment from sin? Yeah, it means it's almost impossible. I know. <laughs> De- I detachment like, from oh, sin, it's, I, I mean, wish. because we have a human nature, which is um, a fallen nature. In fact, I just talked about it this morning in, uh, at Mass for All Souls Day, is like the idea that all, no matter the greatest saints, still have sinned. And so even the greatest saints, I mean, other than Mary and Jesus, of course, but Jesus is not a saint. So even the greatest saints have sin. And so you, it's, I think it's completely, it's impossible to be completely detached from sin, but that's the goal, right? To try and, to not be attached to something that's inherently sinful, maybe is one way of looking at it, is that you just want to be detached from anything that would be inherent. All sin is habit forming. All sin is habit forming. And so to 
detach yourself from that desire of that particular sin is the goal to not be dependent upon that habit of sin. And so that's what the ideal, but nobody can be totally detached from sin because there's something that we call concupiscence and uh, the human nature is a fallen nature and so we're prone to sin. But if you work at trying to detach yourself from the habit of sin, I think that's what it's mean. But thank you very much, Naomi, for that uh, question. Now we have another ending, Nick from Duluth. When you have a crucifix on your dashboard of your car, there is a prayer that goes with it. Nick was wondering what the prayer is. Uh... I'm not aware of it. Nick, thank you for the question. I'm not aware of any official prayer for crucifixes in your car. I, I'm just not aware of that. There, whoever produced a car crucifix, quote unquote, uh, might have had a prayer on the that you know that goes with it on the package that it came with. But uh, as far as I know, there's nothing official as an official prayer before a crucifix in your car. So that would uh, that would be a that's Is that sacrilegious that's what at you, all? No, no, there's okay. nothing sacrilegious. I mean, there's lots of, like St. Christopher Medals in particular. He's the patron saint of travel. And so yeah. lots of times you'll see in people's cars um, uh, uh, an image of, uh, of a crucifix or a Jesus or of a, a saint, St. Christopher in particular. How about a bobblehead? Is there uh, a line? Well, I'd say there's, there's a line somewhere, <laughs> okay. although I do have a, a bobblehead of the Pope, so I don't, maybe that's... <laughs> So, but anyhow, so yeah, no, those are, those are good questions. And Nick, you'll, uh, you can prove me wrong, but I don't think that there's an official prayer, so to speak. And I, I would love to be proven wrong for that. Two questions that were great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. So we want, we want other questions. I know there's a Joe listening. We could, uh, you don't, you don't, call, <clears throat> you don't have to be on the air to ask these questions. You just, you That's just it. have to, um, uh, you can call in and say, okay, to whoever's answering the phone, say, like, this is my question. I don't want to go on the air. Or if you want to have. Uh, boldness and cur- courage, you can actually go on the air and ask a question. Just be noting that there's only two and a half million potential listeners, so don't get nervous if you want to ask a question on the air. I'm going to spark it. Spark what? Well, I don't know. Politics. The pre- the no. president just visited the Pope. I mean, oh, yeah, we should have yeah, questions. Exactly. So, so I just, okay, so I'm, yeah, no kidding. So I just wrote a, uh, so I write um, uh, a, uh, I think as a lot of priests do, write something in their bulletin for every week. And so we usually write Things like, you know, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, and then uh, and then they come out in the next weekend. So I was bombarded with questions this past weekend, and even, I mean, yeah, most of this weekend, and then yesterday as well, on email and in person about what the Pope supposedly said to President Biden. Right. And so as a result of being bombarded by those questions, I thought, you know, I'm going to write about this. i got to write about this because there's so many people that are asking questions. <clears throat> we'll post what I write on our um, uh, Facebook page, the St. James Parish Facebook page, and uh, we won't post until after the weekend, though. Uh, I'm pretty blunt about it. I, uh, I'll just basically say that there's no way in the world I believe that Pope Francis said what uh, President Biden claims. So President Biden, of course, just as a backdrop, you know, I mean, he's very, very pro-choice. He's the most pro-choice. He's the most pro-death, pro-abortion president we've ever had, by far. I mean, we had him before, but nothing like Biden. He is he is the worst of the worst when it comes to abortion. And he's Catholic, quote-unquote. And so there's a lot of, you know, I mean, there's a lot of consternation out there among the leadership in the United States, you know, Catholic leadership, and the bishops will... Bishops are gathering later on this month to address the issue on a formal level, letter. And so now, you know, Pope going over the, for the G20 over in Italy, or not the Pope, but the uh, president, he had the opportunity to meet Pope Francis. And uh, and so I'm sure he took advantage of this as the best he could from uh, the Catholic perspective. And uh, in a private conversation, he says that the Pope said, you're a good Catholic, you can keep going to communion. And I'm saying to you right now as listeners that there's no way in the world I believe that to be true. Pope Francis did not say that to him. Did not happen. 
Any priest, any bishop, anybody that is in my line of work knows that you don't ever act, you don't ever address an issue that is of such significance in a flippant sort of way, all right? No matter what the context is. And the way Biden portrayed the conversation that he had with Pope Francis, Pope Francis would never have done that as a pastor. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you go ahead and receive communion and just leave it like that. This is a this is very delicate issues when it comes to moral standings and uh, the reception of the Eucharist, especially when it comes to like very public known sins. Canelaw speaks speaks to this. Pope Benedict XVI wrote about this issue when he was prefect of the Congregation of the Faith, and so the Church has very clear stances on this issue. And so President Biden was not telling the truth about what Pope Francis. I guarantee it. It didn't happen. And so a scoring of a of some sort of a political point that he's trying to make is, uh, it, none of this was recorded, you know? And so, I mean, you're just listening to what the president's saying and the, and the Vatican didn't confirm it, you know? And so it's like the Vatican did not confirm it, but the Vatican is not one to actually talk about private conversations. They never have. And so you'd never hear the press, uh, the Vatican press office speak to this issue. But uh, uh, speaking from a, a regular basic priest pastoral standpoint, no priest that I know of, they might be out there, but no priest I know of would have ever been so flippant about the topic the way Biden presents it. So I'm telling you right now, as a priest, that that did not happen. That didn't happen. It's just Pope Francis, he's a pastor. You know, he's a pastor. He's, a, he's you know, that's what he's all about. And so um, uh, it's it's just unfortunate that... Uh, that um, something like that would have happened because it causes so much confusion, so so many different uh, um, problems in regards to uh, people's, you know, wondering what's going on with the church, you know. And but anyhow, I could go on and on about this subject. But we finally we do have a, uh, another. Uh, question. Yes, Emily from Duluth. After the no, priest, no. okay, yeah, go ahead. Yep. After the priest goes back to his chair after his homily, he bows to the altar instead of the tabernacle. Sorry, the writing's over it yep. during mass. What? What does he? Sorry, there's something in front of it. Why sorry. does he bow? Why does he bow to the altar instead of the tabernacle? Okay. Uh, so that's a good question. Thank you very much, Emily. And so the thing is that. Outside of the context of the Mass, outside of the Mass, the focal point is the tabernacle. In the context of the Mass, the focal point is the altar, because that's where the sacrifice is going to happen. That's quite literally where God will leap down from heaven onto earth. And so the, uh, the bowing as a liturgical action is bowing towards the altar where the sacrifice is about to happen. The only time that in the liturgical act where there's an actual genuflection towards the tabernacle is when the priest comes in at the beginning of Mass and when he leaves at the end of Mass. Otherwise, in the context of the liturgy, the focal point is not the tabernacle, the focal point is the altar. And so that's why you'll see even after the consecration, the priest will bow, not bow, he will genuflect to the altar because that's where now the consecrated uh, hosts are. And so, uh, well, another time, I guess, in the liturgical act where he would genuflect is that when, after communion, when the priest is putting the Eucharist back into the tabernacle, then he would genuflect again, all right? Uh, but, um, yeah, but the focal point during the liturgy is not the tabernacle, it's the altar. And the altar, without the Eucharist on it, is not to be genuflected at because God is not there. It's to be bowed as a sign of reverence. Hope that makes some sense, Emily. <clears throat> Lots of times, though, depending on the sanctuary and how it's all made up and where the priest is sitting, the presiding chair, 
like for me, you know, here at St. James, is like I go in front of the altar, so you wouldn't know if I'm bowing to the altar or bowing to the tabernacle at that point. But it's always the focal point is on the altar. Good question. Yeah, I have another one for you. Yeah, and I wish I could remember the other theologian, but um, so there's been some protests going on with this with Supreme Court looking at Roe versus Wade. Sure. There was a woman talking. Actually, the interviewer did a great job, but questioning her. and she just came off like she was the Catholic Church. And then as you questioned her, it was like, no, you're not in line with mm-hmm. the Catholic Church. But she's trying to say that Thomas Aquinas writes about, uh, basically, that abortion's okay. No. <laughs> but no. she couldn't specify what that was. So right. I don't know. Do you know what she's talking about? No. Maybe when life begins? Well, or? I mean, well, one thing we have to, I mean, so... Thomas Aquinas was not pro-choice, <laughs> so he wouldn't be a saint if he was. But uh, you know, we have to also go back and wonder, understand what our understanding of of human uh, reproduction was like back then. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a period of time, and I don't—I'm not an expert in this, and so I don't know what what the time frame was. But there was a time frame where they thought that the woman was nothing more than a reception reception that the that the sperm from the man had the complete human already there oh, so that was okay. a, for a long period yeah. of time that was a thought Makes in regards to before science to, caught up. To, yeah before science caught, caught on but there's something what we call the principle of double effect and uh i'm not going to wade too deep into these waters because i'm not an expert in this either but the principle of double effect is where to, if there if there's something really wrong in regards to something health-wise of a of a mother and again, I, I got to be careful in talking about this because one false word here might get me off the track, and I'm not an expert here. But the principle of double effect, she might be referencing this, and I don't even know if Aquinas writes about this, is the the idea that if there's something medically wrong with the mom, and if you try to help the mom, but at all at all in every aspect try and protect the baby, but if for some reason it's not possible to protect the baby, to help the mom, then uh, then the the gravity or even the the um, uh, um, the sinful aspect of it isn't there because you're trying to actually help the mom and help the baby. Right. But if helping the baby, if helping the mom hurts the baby, that's the principle of double effect to where okay. it, the intentionality of it. So I'm walking. I'm, I'm okay. on really thin ice. Well, right Well, it sounds here like right somebody could pull something from that and just make up the, whatever. Here's they... the thing about this: is that I I can give I'll give a homily any given weekend, three different masses. I might have a thousand people in my masses, and there's a thousand different ways people interpret it. And people are going to take Catholic Church teaching, and they're going to say, "Well, look at this and look at this." Therefore, I believe this, and this is there. People misconstrue all the time, you know. Yeah. And so uh, Thomas Aquinas was not pro-choice in any way, shape, or form. No saint was ever pro-choice in any way, shape, or form. So anybody that tries to does try to do some sort of a contortion acrobat to try and make it look like they were is uh, uh, barking up the wrong tree. I have another question if you want it. Sure. Nobody else is asking. Okay. But here's the number, just in case you forgot. So it's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have not had a caller yet. 877-795-0122, or you can go it on our Facebook page. You can be very anonymous about it. You don't have to put, put your name or anything. So 877-795-0122. Cindy, what's your question? So yesterday we had scripture class. You did it. Fabulous yeah. job. One of the I loved one of your answers, so I'm just going to question you here just so they can hear oh it. Boy. But when people ask why you have to go through a priest right. to be... Um, forgiven. forgiven. Yeah. And I really liked your answer. What on was that. my answer? Your answer was that you should ask them why they stopped believing it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, oh, okay, the church is always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like okay. So, okay. Yeah, and it's true. It's like the... the uh, um, uh, 
from the Catholic perspective, the the most basic answer to an apologetic question. So apologetics is a, a is a form of uh, questioning and answering why we do what we do, why we believe what we believe. We justify what we're saying, why we believe this. And so anybody that's a Christian that's not a Catholic, if they say something like, "Well, why do you?" Why do you have such respect for Mary? Why do you have a Pope? Why do you have to go to a priest for confession? Why do you believe in purgatory? All those questions, the most basic response to all of them is that, <clears throat> that in Christianity, all the things that the church teaches to be true, the Catholic Church, has always been the belief. We've always had confession. We've always believed in purgatory. We've always honored Mary. We've always had a Pope. And so for... 2,000 years, it's always been the same. So if somebody says, well, why do you guys reverence Mary? Why do you go to, to priests to go to confession? The response should be, it's like, we've always believed this. You're the ones that's changed. So if you're the ones that changed, you, the onus of proof lies on you. Why did you change it? Because before even Martin Luther was born, there was 1,500 years of Christian tradition, and we did this all the time. So they're the ones that changed. So you don't come to a Catholic and say, well, why do you have to go to a priest to go to confession? Because this is the way it's always been. You have to say, well, okay, you have to give the explanation as to why you stopped doing it. Why did, why did after 1,500 years that somebody finally got this, uh, the idea, it's like, well, wait a minute, we don't have to do that. Well, then you tell me the reason why you're stopping it. See, so the owner's proof always that. falls on the people that are, that are questioning Catholic Church's teaching and Catholic Church practice because it's always been this way. And so we haven't changed, so I'm not going to justify why we do this until you justify why you changed it unilaterally. Yeah. That's actually, that's kind of like the diffusing type of question. Uh, if somebody wants to like get into an argument with you about something about the church's teaching, that's always, because the church's teaching has never changed. You know? So it, it's developed in regards to our understanding of truth, but it's always the same teaching. It's always the same truth. And so... You know, I mean, you can always offset any type of, quote-unquote, attack on Catholic practice by asking that question. I'm not going to answer it until you tell me why you guys changed it, because I, they're yeah. the ones that changed. Yeah. I hope I'm asked soon. I'm, well, I can't just wait. Just put it in your back pocket and remember, <laughs> 877-795-0122. We're getting close to the end of our uh, um, uh, straight oh, yeah, talk time already. But uh, um, 877-795-0122, or you can present it on the, uh, on the Facebook page as well. So again, I would encourage you, I don't do Facebook, and so, but, but the parish has Facebook. So I would encourage the listeners that maybe come Sunday, if you can go to St. James Catholic Church Duluth, uh, um, uh, our Facebook page, you will see the bulletin I write about the subject about uh, President Biden and Pope Francis in regards to that conversation that they had, uh, because I was pretty... Um, I was pretty blunt with it. I'm on Facebook, so I'll take a picture and send it to. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that'll be good. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a strong uh, believer that as priests we have a duty and a responsibility to address issues uh, that are very controversial. Because if we don't, who does? And not for the sake of being controversial, but uh, you know, I mean, I said this at the beginning of his presidency: is that because because he's because he's the pope because he's the president and he's Catholic. You know, I have a more of a, I got a more of a duty and responsibility because he's Catholic to address issues that he does because a president has huge amounts of influence because the media portrays certain things about him, you know, and if he's Catholic, quote unquote Catholic, then I as priests and all priests have an added responsibility for the next few years at least to address issues that this president is doing. 
because of the influence of the office of presidency. And so <clears throat> I've never shied away from that. And uh, we have a higher responsibility by the mere fact that he is Catholic. And so I am uh, I'm very, um, I, um, if, if God has given me one virtue, uh, it's the, the virtue of fortitude when it comes to speaking to the truth in, in, my, in my homilies and in anything I do uh, according to media. But, uh, uh, but we have to do it. We, we priests have to speak to the truth. People don't want anything sugar-coated, and you can tell by your... By your parish and the health of your parish, and like Saturday when I was here, it's growing like crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and huge. A lot of people, but that. a lot of people do like sugar coating. <laughs> but but a lot a lot of people like that because I, I get a lot of heat. You know, I mean, so in my bluntness about things, I get a lot of people that push back on that, and so I certainly feel it. But people are drawn to the truth. Truth attracts, right? Yeah. And so eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have about three and a half minutes. You could probably sneak in through the phones. We did not have a single caller. Oh, only two mm-hmm. minutes to break. Uh, but anyhow, know, that, that's didn't. fine. No callers, but we still had submitted questions, which is good. Mm-hmm. And even from the studios. So yeah. So it's like I am. A, I actually relish the idea of being able to address the issues that are um, political. You know, I kind of got a political past. Mm-hmm. I used to work in politics, and so it's kind of it's in my it's in my DNA. But uh, uh, now I look at it from a gospel perspective and how are these truths being, how are the truths of Catholicism being skewed by leadership in the country? Because Speaker of the House is Catholic too, you know, farthest thing away from being a faithful Catholic in regards to church teaching, you know, Uh, and yet they often have the quote unquote voice of being the Catholics in the public eye. And, and in my little way, in my little parish in Duluth, Minnesota, I have that responsibility to, to correct. And so, but uh, yeah. Yes. I'm praying for those changed hearts and, Right, and we for do have to pray for our leaders. I mean, we we away. believe in the uh, power of prayer and the conversion. You know, I mean, I th- these people, these politicians are in desperate need of conversion that are uh, that are adamantly pro-choice. Especially now, now more and more, the the whole pro-choice argument is even right to the point of birth. It's like that abortion is now fine to the moment of birth. Right. I mean, a year and a half ago, two years ago, that would have been that's asinine. You know, that's radicalized. But now, pro-choice people are even saying, you know, yep, all the way to the point of birth. As that baby's being born, you can kill it. It's crazy. And so many of our politicians on one side of the aisle, especially, are for that. But anyhow, uh, we can talk more about that at a later time. We are coming up to a hard break. Please continue listening. That was a great segment of of, uh, Straight Talk. After we come back from the break, we will talk to Mr. Paul Haverkamp about the importance of praying for priests right after this short break. Stay with us. (laughs) 